Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. So we can understand when God was going to destroy every living thing on the earth, he decided that Noah was worthy enough to be saved. We can understand that because verse, verse 9 told us that he was a just man and that he was perfect and that he walked with God. So we can understand that that's why God picked him. And not only that, Noah and his family would be the ones responsible for replenishing the population of the world. That's a big undertaking. I mean, really, you'd think of all these people, all these people that were on the earth that God decided to destroy, Noah was the only one, Noah and his family was the only one God decided to say, hey, you're okay, you're good enough, I'm going to take you, I'm going to use you, and you're going to replenish the earth. That's good. So because God saved Noah and his family, we can understand that the first thing Noah does when they all exit the altar, or all exit the ark, was to build an altar. We can understand that, because... If you were Noah, just think about if you were Noah for just a little bit, right? You're, you're on this earth, and of course, you're doing what's right. You're, you're serving God, and then God says, I'm going to destroy this. There's people in your community. There's people you walk around with every day, go to the market, buy food, whatever it is. There's people every day, and God's going to tell you that they are going to be no more. You are going to be what's left, and, and that's it, and I'm going to use you to, you know, replenish the earth. And so because this, Noah exits the ark. And everything is gone. There's nothing else. There's nobody else. There's nobody else he can go talk to. Just everybody that he's been on the boat with for the last 40 days and 40 nights that were getting on each other's nerves because it was raining all day and they couldn't do anything else. Uh, you know, had to go from one end of the ark to the other because they were just getting in a fight. These are the people that they had, he had to constantly live with now because there was nobody else. He couldn't go vent to anyone else, Right. So it's, it's understandable that when he looks out and he sees this, that all this destruction that has just happened, that he wants to build an altar under the Lord to thank him for what he did, for saving him. An altar is a place of sacrifice. We know this, right? It was, anytime you have heard about an altar, it was a place where a sacrifice happened. There was blood being shed. There was animal, you know, being burnt and, you know, things going up. They were typically erected in conspicuous places, you know, places where they were easy to be seen, that uh, anytime anyone looked like something was burning, you saw the smoke going, the fire, they were, you, you were able to see it. Although Noah is the first person that we read about that built an altar, he is not the only one to do so, right? So if you listen to, to a pastor's message on Sunday and we're here for Connect Group, I'm not copying him, I promise. I was talking about this before, before pastor went into altars. I had... So I told him he was interrupting my, my message because he already got to it before I did. But it's, it's a little bit different. I mean, I changed it up a little bit. No. Uh, but he talked about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But then we also know about Moses and David, those, are, those who also built altars. There are over 320 verses in the Bible that make references to altars. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, it's kind of important, I guess, right? But don't worry, I'm not going to read them all. We're not, we're not going to go through every one of them. You guys are safe. I mean, I could really get my time by then, right, if, if I just started reading all the scriptures about altars. But I'm not going to hold you there. I'm not going to do that. 
But all throughout the Old Testament, you can read about the various altars. Who and when they were erected, who, who did them, why they did them, when they did them. You know, as, like I said, as Pastor was talking on Sunday, he talked about Isaac. Whenever he erected an altar, it was, he also pitched a tent there. He also digged a well there. You know, he created a life there and a home there. And it tells you all about these altars, about these people, when they erected them and where they were. When you read through Exodus and Leviticus, you will find the exact specifications for the altars that were in the tabernacle and the tools that were used for sacrificing. That's how important an altar was to God, that he gave specific instructions with how big it needed to be, what it needed to be made of, what about the corners, the tools that you needed to use, what the materials had to be used. That's how important an altar was to God. Every year the people of God would uh, bring an offering to be offered on the altar uh, to be forgiven for their sins. That was the, uh, the uh, sacrifice, the uh, uh, offering of atonement. That was something that could be done once a year. They brought, it was offered on the, it was offered on the altar, and, and they, were be, they would be good for another year, right? The animal had to meet certain qualifications to be accepted, right? They couldn't take just any old ram or any old sheep out the backyard and be like, all right, you know, this one's, this one's got a little bit of a limp. We really don't want to mess with that. Let's take that one to be sacrificed. You know, let's just take that one, you know, and give that one to God because we don't want to give our best one. That one's going to be really good one day. He's going to be nice and fat. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll make really good meat. But that, that can be something else, right? Because <laughs> we, I think we often do that, right? When we want to give a sacrifice to God, we're like, you know what, God, I'll give you this because I don't really care about that that much. I don't want to give you the best. I want to give you, this one's just got a little bit of something wrong with it, but it's all right. It'll be good enough for you, God. Hmm. I think, I think we can get like that in our lives and our uh, sacrifices to God. But we know that the animal had to meet certain qualifications. But this was not just something that you do anytime that you felt like you needed forgiveness. Right? So we, said, we already said it, was, it happened once a year. So if you went out the next day and really messed up, you couldn't just say, you know what, I'm going to get another sheep, and we're going to go do this again. We're going to redo it, take care of it, and we're going to be good. We, they couldn't do that just any old time. Could you imagine if they did it every time they sinned, though? There wouldn't be any more animals. They just don't re reproduce fast enough to be able to take care of all the sins of the people. I just, I, it's probably a good thing that they couldn't just do that. I mean, I think God had a plan there because... As much as human as we are and as much sins as we do, um, I just don't think there would be enough animals. So there was only a certain time that this could be done. So hopefully, hopefully they were able to make it back the next year to, to offer up another sacrifice before God said your time on earth is done. Right? Hopefully they were living good enough that if they went before, you know, they were, they were still covered by that sacrifice that they had. But there's another altar that I want to talk about, that I want to talk about tonight. So when I think about an altar, I think about the place at the front of the church. What you guys see up here? That's, that's how it's always been, you know, we might call it a platform, but, but for the most part, we call this the altar. It's in the front of the church where we come and we worship at the beginning of service, and at the, typically at the end of service, it's where we come and pray. You know, after a, after a message maybe has touched you, has pricked your heart a little bit, it's where you want to come and you, you uh, kneel down at the altar and you talk to God. So we gather around it, we worship, we praise God, we pray. 
Although we do not have to offer an animal as a sacrifice, we do have to offer ourselves. Right? We may not bring in, we may not have to bring in our sheep or our favorite goat or whatever it is. And, you know, just go ahead and just get all gory with it. And just get rid of the blood, get rid of the guts, and, and start, like, uh, start burning it because God liked that sweet savor. Be- Although we may not do that, we have to offer ourselves. In order to do that, we have to admit that we're not perfect. Is, it, is anybody else perfect in here tonight? No? Luke 13 and 3 says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Hmm. Tell them we got to repent. Why do we need to repent if we're perfect? Why do we need to repent if we didn't do anything? And we all know, anybody in here knows Acts 2.38. We can pretty well quote it uh, without even looking. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent, repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent. That was the first thing that Peter said unto them. Repent. I'm sorry. I did this. I was wrong. 1 Corinthians 15 and 31 says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die daily. We know that this is the Apostle Paul talking here in 1 Corinthians. And we know and we, we say it all the time that even the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. He had issues. We know, we know that Paul, who was Saul, and he did all his persecuting of the Christians, he had his sins, he had his flaws, But then, you know, then he got right with the Lord. It took some time. He was stubborn. But he got right with the Lord. He had to go blind a little bit, open up his eyes three days later. And and, uh, he could finally see, and and, and then he knew what was right. But um, even him, even after his eyes were opened and he was doing what was right, he still was human. He still made mistakes. He still had issues in his life. The altar is a place that is just for you and God. Nobody else. It's a place that we come to where we separate ourselves, where, where we turn. And, and you notice the altar's at the front of the church, right? And so when you come up here and you're facing this way, you're, you don't see anybody else behind you. You're not worried about anybody else that's behind you because it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what's going on behind you. When you come to the altar and lift your hands, it is between you and God. But you don't have to wait for an altar call to visit an altar. I think, I think sometimes we get this in our minds. If you feel like you need to go to the altar, do it. If we're in the middle of a service, and I know that pastor can back me because we were talking about it Wednesday in our connect group. If you feel in the middle of service that God is dealing with you, God is speaking to you, and you need to come to the altar, do it. Don't, don't worry about what else is going on because God's dealing with you. Just because he may not be dealing with somebody else, don't worry about that. Because we never want to hinder what the Spirit wants to do. Amen? God doesn't, God doesn't care if we as humans have a plan and a purpose for a service. He doesn't care because we'll get organized. We'll, we'll make up our notes and we'll try and figure out, all right, well, this is what I need to say. This is when I need to say it. All right, I need to go about this long. And, and we'll try and get all figured out. But, but God has a purpose and a plan. And we need to understand that we don't need to hinder what God wants to do. If God wants to move in the middle of service, praise the Lord. Let's let him do it. Let's step back. Let's not let our flesh get in the way. 
So just like when the people of God brought their offerings to the altar to be forgiven of their sins, so do we go to the altar to seek forgiveness, right? We, we, we have to get out of our pew. We have to, we have to get out of those, those, those comfort zones that we are in. Um, you know, they had to take their sacrifices. They had to take whatever they do to be forgiven. We knew that. But we have our own altar. And, and we know that the, through salvation, our first step, like, just like Acts 2.38 says, you have to repent. Oftentimes, we come to an altar of repentance. We want to come and we want to repent. Tell God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry this is my past. This is what I've done. But he doesn't care. He's going to love us anyway. But the good thing for us, you know, they had to take their animals. They had to take their blood. The good thing for us is that we don't have to wait for that one time a year. Right? I mean, some of us may do it one time a year. <laughs> Amen? But we don't have to wait for that one time a year. We don't have to wait to, to be able to, for our lamb to get so big to be able to take it to a priest and be like, hey, can you offer this for me? That way I am good. Because of what Jesus did, we have that opportunity every day. Because Jesus was our last living sacrifice. He was the, the last one that ever had to be sacrificed, that the blood ever had to be shed. Because of what he did, we have the opportunity to come to an altar to ask for forgiveness every day. We don't have to worry about running out of animals. We don't have to worry about having, not having enough blood or whether our sheep or our ram has a blemish or whether we're able to get enough doves or whatever it may be. We don't have to worry about that. We are all, we are all sinners that are saved by grace. None of us are perfect. God knows that. He, he created us, and he knows from the very beginning. We are not perfect. That's why he destroyed the earth, and Noah had to, you know, replenish the earth. And, you know, God gave a sign that no matter how frustrated he gets with us, he's never going to do that again. We cannot neglect this altar. We cannot neglect it. That's a, that's a tough word, right? The, the Webster Dictionary defines neglect as to give little attention or respect to. Disregard. Another definition is to leave undone or unattended to, especially through carelessness. Do we, do we often do that with the altar? Just give it just, a, just too little of attention? Not really pay attention. We don't respect it. Just disregard it. Because oftentimes the altar appears pretty empty. Amen? Some synonyms for, for neglect is bypass, forget, ignore, overlook, overpass. That's the altar. That's, that's, that's what we cannot do. We can't forget the altar. We can't ignore the altar. This is where we, this is where we come close to God. This is where we, we offer up our, our lives as a sacrifice to God because what he did for us. God has called us to be a people, to be disciples, to outreach, to, to do things. But if we can't get in the altar... If we can't get our lives right, how can we tell others about him? How can we lead others to Christ when we are just more worried about our own lives? Amen? 
Hallelujah. I'm going to be honest with you. You guys are lucky. This is a short one tonight. Praise the Lord. I, I mean, this is just what God dealt with me. I mean, I, I put to paper what he did, what he gave me, and this is what you get tonight. Our musicians can come, and if you can stand with me. I know oftentimes we talk about you need so much time or you want to get to a certain time limit, but I tell you what, when God moves, when God has something, it doesn't matter how long it takes. We, I think oftentimes, you know, we get worried about time, time frame, time limit, and, and, you know, we might just start filling in with stuff that just doesn't matter, and, and I don't want to do that. This is what God has given me, and this is what I want to give to you. The altar's not a place where we, where we should be embarrassed to visit. It's not. Although oftentimes I think we are. But I think it's a place that we should not be embarrassed to visit. When we step out of our pews and out of our comfort, comfort zones, we are showing God we are willing to meet him. Because we know, we know that God is already in here, right? Right? God's not going to leave us or forsake us. And he says, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. We know that God is in this place. Many of you have experienced it just like I am. And there's times that you feel him and times that you don't. But when we step out of our comfort zones, when we step out of our pews and just come forward just a little bit more and say, all right, God, I know you're here and I'm willing to do my part. I'm willing to do my part. That's what we have to do. So don't worry if you are the only one. It's not about the people around you. It's between you and God. So whenever you feel a tugging at your heart to come forward, don't worry about if there's going to be eyes looking at you because it doesn't matter. They've got their own walk that they need to worry about. You have to worry about you. I think too many times we worry more about what the people around us might think and less what God thinks. That's me. That's me. It happens because, because the devil, the devil knows our weaknesses right if he can attack you he's going to and and I think one of the one of the ways that he likes to attack me is mentally right the mental battle is probably one of the worst battles we can have because there's nobody else cheering you on and it's just you against you it's just you fighting yourself saying you're not good enough you're not no you've got your own flaws you're not good enough to serve God and you have to be stronger than that. So whenever you feel a tugging at your heart to come forward to the altar, don't worry about anything else. Don't let that devil tell you, nah, everyone's watching. They're gonna, be, they're gonna say something about you. Don't worry about it. God's got a reason. God's got a purpose for you. And if you would just set everything else aside and let God use you, it doesn't matter what your past holds. It doesn't matter what you've done. God is still able to use you. He is still able to use the broken. This altar's open tonight. If you just feel God just moving in you, just find a place to pray. Lift up your hands. Talk to God. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. This is not a place that I want to neglect. I don't want to forget about the altar. I don't want to give it little attention or little respect. It, it, it has done, God has done too much for me in my life to neglect this altar. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we need you tonight. Lord, help us be mindful, God, of this altar.
Lord, to be mindful of your will and your purpose for our life, God. Lord, we need you tonight. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.